Hello, hello, everyone. This is Joyce Davis, Pin Lives Outreach and Opinion Editor, coming to you with another Battleground PA podcast. But this time, we're doing it on Facebook Live as well. So stay tuned. We will have, of course, our very trusted analysts, Rosette Harris and Jeffrey Lord, to join us for this latest edition of What's Going On on that Pennsylvania Battleground. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. This is Battleground PA, a PenLive podcast discussing the issues that matter to Pennsylvanians and documenting the events in our state that will shape the battle for your vote in the 2020 presidential elections. Hello, I am back. And yes, this is Joyce Davis, PenLive's Outreach and Opinion Editor. And we have, uh, uh, let's say, a Republican analyst who's very much in the holiday spirit. I don't know if anybody, I wish you could see our, our radio uh, listeners, Jeffrey Lord, but he has a mask, a green mask with a Christmas tree kind of decorated on the front and a Santa hat. And you know what, uh, Jeffrey? Your your gray hair is perfect for being Santa. <laughs> okay? You're doing, you're fitting the All I need is the beard. That's right. All you need is a beard, then you'd be okay. All right. So welcome, Jeffrey. I'm so glad that you are uh, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is <laughs> tis the season. Tis the season. And Rajette Harris, nice to have you here. How are things going with you? You're in red. You're looking festive yes. in red. So good. I was wondering if our Christmas elf brought any cookies or anything. <laughs> I wish we could share them, right? Uh, virtually. <laughs> but anyway, guys, it's nice to have you here. Uh, but let me just start with my friend Jeffrey. Is it finally done, Jeffrey? Is it finally over? The electoral wait, 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 Jeffrey. The electoral college has voted. I mean, even you must accept that that's it, right? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no. All right. You will never give up. You go down with the ship, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, I, I mean, I saw a poll the other day that said uh, 70% of Republicans think the election was stolen. And, I, you, you know, I have to say I agree with that. Um, just yesterday I was reading about this county in, in Michigan where it, it was, in fact, not human error. It was, in fact, the, the Dominion machine that swapped the votes out. And, you know, I went back and read a, two, a 2018 lawsuit by friends of Stacey Abrams in Georgia after that gubernatorial election. And it's fascinating to read because they have affidavits from people who were saying exactly the same thing that the people in Michigan are saying. They said that they voted on a Dominion machine for Stacey Abrams, and right in front of them, their vote was switched to the Republican candidate. Hmm. Clearly, there was a problem here, and it's a bipartisan problem. I guess, Jeffrey, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I guess what I'm saying, just as an average uh viewer and American is that I hear you. I think uh, you can't have an election of all these millions of people without having some irregularities. But the question that I think Americans have to look at, you know, is it enough? Has what happened been enough to say that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president and winner of the United States? Now, let's bring Rajette in here because she's chomping at the bit. I know wanting to get involved. But uh, Rajette, I mean, as I recall, there were a lot of people with our dear Hillary also saying that it was illegitimate, right? I mean, for a while there, they were saying it was stolen from her because she got the popular vote. Right. And a lot of people still think that the 2016 election, there was fraud uh, because of the Russian interference, because of the popular vote not matching the electoral vote. Um, but regardless of, of personal opinions, uh, Donald Trump became our president and you know, we moved on these, these four years. Um, we were asked to go through the court system. We did. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court last week uh, denied to even hear the Texas case, along with the other cases. Um, yesterday, after the Electoral College officially voted, uh, e even uh, Majority Leader, uh, Senate Leader Mitch McConnell congratulated our president-elect Joe Biden and is ready to uh, move forward. Um, as far as 2020, the election is over. We went, we exhausted the courts. Um, now, I do think some of these lawsuits will continue as far as moving forward. And I do think people are looking closely at the special election race in Georgia in three weeks. Um, but 2020 is over. 
as far as the presidency is concerned. The only thing left is who controls the uh, U.S. Senate. Well, let me just say this, uh, Jeffrey. At least what's being reported is that Biden has 306 electoral votes that have been cast for him officially and 232 for President Trump. And the one thing I want to bring up here is uh, I'm not sure I agree with with President-elect Biden when he says, I mean, he's come out, of course, trying to be unifying, but he says the integrity of our elections remains intact. I mean, I guess I get what he's saying, but the challenges that we've seen here really, to me, seem to undermine um, our democracy. Jeffrey, do you? Yeah, because at the end of the day, this isn't about Donald Trump or Joe Biden. It's about exactly that, the integrity of the election system. I don't care who the candidates are. If you can't have confidence that when you cast your vote for X, it's not going to Z, then we've got a serious problem here. But Jeffrey, I guess the one question is... Some of this is manufactured, though. Remember that uh, President Trump and you know his campaign had been count, uh, casting this doubt months and months before the election. And yes, we admit re- that there, there were irregularities, but there's irregularities every year. There has been no proof of widespread fraud. So some of this, again, is misinformation and manufactured. I just don't think that's true. I just, I think there's plenty of evidence. Just one question I would have for you, though. Uh, Honestly, if if you and I were just talking about somebody else, not even about the, you know, our dear president whom we love, or, you know, if we were just talking and we said, well, you know, Joyce, I know you said that um, this person um, hurt your car. But you had every opportunity. Nobody witnessed it. The person has witnesses saying they were in another part of the world. Um, there's no camera there. How are you going to prove this when you go to court? If you can't prove it, Joyce, you're you're going to have to pay for your own car damages. And so I, I use that analogy, which is a, a sad one, I, I agree, to say that you have to be able to prove allegations. Things but, happen, but but things happen wrong every day, frankly, right? You can't you can't prove your case if you can't be allowed to prove your case. Well, but but Jeffrey, there were the best lawyers, I'm assuming, in the country. You had access. You had people all over the United States trying to help you. If you can't prove it, you have to walk away and say it's over. Right. They they did prove it over and over and over again. I listened to these state legislators. No, but no court. They they proved it. But no court has proved with you. We have. Proving it means to go into a court of law, convince a judge and sometimes a jury, and walk out saying, yay, we won. Not, that, not that in this case. Proving not it means pro- the Constitution gives the state legislator, legislature the power to make this decision. Not the courts, the state legislature. And there have been one legislative hearing after another, including in Pennsylvania, in Gettysburg the other week, and one proof after another was presented. But nothing has changed. They don't have the, obviously, they don't have the power to change the elections. Regette, I mean, what, what is this about? Why take it to court if, if the real power rests with someone else to make the changes? Because only the courts can, um, as we saw in 2000, uh, the courts can overturn or make determinations that the legislatures can't do legislatively, which is why I do think some of these court cases will move forward um, particularly the one in Pennsylvania, as to whether or not the bipartisan, I want to stress that, the bipartisan bill that was passed regarding letting unexcused mail-in voting is constitutional in this state. It's not going to affect the 2020 election, but it could affect our elections um, moving forward. Um, but you heard from both sides, bipartisanship, that there was no widespread fraud and the irreg- irregularities that were founded, and I will give Jeffrey that, there were irregularities founded, but there are in every election. But these irregularities weren't enough to overturn uh, the election uh, results. Um, we, we saw uh, tapes that were leaked just last week um, from uh, President-elect uh, Biden, where he admitted that we got slammered in this election. And he was given his reasons as to why some of the slogans that were used, some of the things that candidates made. So, you know, with, with everything going on right now, especially with the vaccine I, and the election in Georgia, 
I don't understand why President Trump and the Republican Party, well, some in the Republican Party, some have moved forward, moved on, is focusing on something that is over and done. He should want his legacy to be that it was under his administration that he found a vaccine for the coronavirus in five, six months versus trying to fight an election that's not going to be overturned. This is his problem. He needs to learn how to keep his mouth shut, move on, and talk <laughs> talk about his successes. Jeffrey says he doesn't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> but, but Jeffrey, you have a fan. Crispy says, go, Jeff. Keep fighting. <laughs> okay. So, on we go. Yes. On we go. So, again. But what about the pride? Don't you, wouldn't you want some pride? I mean, where is the pride in, in the president, though? Not um, pride. I guess what I'm saying, where is the, the big character, the big selfless person who says, you know what? For the good of the nation. I'll take this. I'll be back, but I'll take this. But for the good of our nation, well, I think eventually, see, and that's why I say pride because again, he oh he's been saying for four years that he doesn't like a loser. Well, you know what? You learn in kindergarten that you can't win everything. We all lose sooner or later, and he won the first time, even though some people don't think he did. But the point is, he did win the first time. He didn't win this time. Where again? Where is where is his pride? He can't prove, there is no proof that there was widespread uh, yes, fraud. There is. there is proof that there was irregularities, but not to the point that would overturn uh, the, the election. Jeffrey, even Jeffrey, even the, the attorney general, unfortunately, has said there was no widespread, there was nothing that should invalidate the election. Your attorney general who has been they walked that back. loyalist. They walked that back. But you, because, you've got Republicans all over the country telling you this. Even Mitch McConnell is saying, let's move on. Look, Connie, this is what I don't get, that people are still so misinformed. And of course, unfortunately, we still have people who can't engage in civil discourse. We have people throwing curse words in our trap. You know, guys, that is just what the problem is. And that's something that we're trying to change here. Let's talk like adults, like decent people, not like gutter snipes. <laughs> Let's just be nice and have a conversation. We like Jeffrey. We like Rochette. They're both intelligent. They're both uh, dedicated people. That's why we're here. We would expect the same of you. But Connie is saying votes haven't even counted yet. I don't know where that's coming from. What 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 is that kind of misinformation that people think people haven't voted or the Electoral College hasn't voted? I don't know. And uh, Maria is saying you heard no widespread fraud from the Democratic state. What do you think they would say? That's not true. Georgia, Georgia is a Republican state. And even the Republican uh, uh, governor, who used to be the secretary of state that handled the elections in that state, has said that there's no widespread uh, fraud. So you hear that from Democratic-controlled and uh, Republican-controlled states. I also want to point out that even though here in Pennsylvania we have a Democratic a governor and therefore a Democratic Secretary of State. It is your local counties that control the elections within that county. And most of the 67 counties in Pennsylvania are Republican controlled. So well, that's what I mean too by misinformation. You can't just look at the top. You have to look at the entire structure. There's so much misinformation. Megan is saying, since when does the Associated Press get to decide a winner on presidency? Well, Megan, what we're talking about here, darling, is the Electoral College. That is who decides and that they met on Monday. Uh, you might want to go back and say they met on Monday and the, the total of votes that came in from the Electoral College is 306 for Biden and 232 for President Trump. And you need 270 to become president. So that's why we're saying it's over, because the official people who are supposed to determine it's over say it's over, say this has happened. So um, let me do this. Let's take a little bit of a break here, and we'll be right back to continue our conversation with Jeffrey Lord and with Rajette Harris and to figure out where do we go from here. Okay, we're back. And if you want to join us, you can do so as many people are doing here on our Facebook page. But you can also join us Twitter at Battleground PA, or you can send an email to topics at battlegroundpa.org and let us know what you think we should talk about. 
Okay, guys, so let me just say this. Even though uh, the Electoral College has spoken, both of you are saying this battle <laughs> is continuing in one form or another, even though the war seems to have been won. Uh, but Jeffrey, what is the next step? Are there going to be shenanigans in Congress? Yes. <laughs> okay, tell us, tell us the next step. Well, the, ne- the next step is Congress, I believe. It's uh, January 6th. That is the end game, as it were. Um, there is a move there, and I frankly, I'm not up on all the parliamentary maneuverings, uh, but there is a move, I think, being led uh, in part by Congressman Mo Brooks from Alabama. Um, and just, just to explain the procedure for our audience, per the, con- per the Constitution, uh, the Senate, meaning the vice president, as president of the Senate, runs the session. Um, and, and interestingly, twice in American history that I'm aware of, once with uh, Rich, Vice President Richard Nixon presiding and giving the victory to Senator John F. Kennedy and Vice President Gore having to declare victory for Governor George Bush, have they been involved in this? But the procedure is the president of the Senate, which is Vice President Pence, presides. Each state delegation gets one vote. So in other words, there it's, it's 50 votes. It's not 435 House members or 100 senators. It's you vote by state. Now, here's where this gets interesting. I think I'm correct that there are 26 delegations where Republicans are in the majority and 24 delegations where mm-hmm. Democrats are in the majority. Now, in theory, if the 26 voted for Donald Trump, that's the ball game. Um, I, I'm not at all sure that that's what's going to happen, but I'm just saying it makes it interesting, and there is a move afoot to do some version of that. I think, and that's one reason why during the election on the Democrat side, we wanted to win this election big, um, because in Pennsylvania, as you know, our delegation is tied; it's nine and nine. So tech, that's another reason why we were fighting so hard to win um, some more congressional seats here in Pennsylvania as well, so we could get that majority because of what you just said. So, bottom line, do we have a president elect, Roger? Yes. Jeffrey? No. <laughs> All right. So, as usual, we are at, <laughs> we're at odds on this. All right. But let me tell you one thing that. What, is, what would I be doing if I said yes? <laughs> I don't know what you'd be doing, but I keep hoping. <laughs> I keep hoping one day I'm will... speaking the truth, Jeffrey. Speaking the truth. <laughs> okay, but guys, one of the things I am concerned about, um, and that is what happened recently uh, last weekend in D.C. I mean, nobody. I'm assuming you don't like even Jeffrey seeing the Proud Boys and all of that um, desecrating churches and uh, and uh, being out there kind of intimidating i mean do you have concerns is there any message no, I, we i'm not a fan of, not a fan of the proud boys but there is one thing about the proud boys that i think we, we have to correct it, it is frequently you know there was a story in the washington post that referred to them as white something or other the head of the proud boys is black right <laughs> um so so to suggest that it's a you know a ku klux klan style thing is simply well, well i will tell accurate. you I will tell you, I happen to know a lot of black racists. <laughs> you can be black and racist, and 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 you know you. Yeah, but you can't be you can't you you can't be black and be a white supremacist. That's my point. Well, yes, you can. You can be black and believe, and well, you can buy into the hoopla. You can have people who buy into that. Well, at any rate, the bottom so, line anyway, is what I they're doing. Believe, I believe what I was talking about was the behavior. Yeah, Not really the motivation, but the behavior. And what I saw them doing, at least in one of the videos, was pulling down a Black Lives Matter sign from an uh, AME church uh, in Washington. And, I mean, that is chilling. That gives people a sense of where are we headed. Rajet, I mean, how are you guys looking at this? Um, I don't want to interrupt Jeffrey. I think he still had something to say. Am I, well, we I all the time, Rajette? I'll get back to Jeffrey. Why don't you come? <laughs> all right. I'll see him. All right. We got to give our Christmas elf a chance. You know, as I always uh, say, there's extremes on both sides. And I disagree with the extremes on, on both sides. Um, when you get to the looting and the violence and just the hatred, 
on both sides. It's not going to solve anything. And to be honest, it's not going to change anything either. The process is, is moving forward. So there, there has to be an acceptance at some point. And uh, we need to figure out how to deal with our disagreements in, in a better way. Again, everyone has the right to protest, uh, regardless of you know whether we agree with their philosophy or not. But when you get into that hatred and that violence, and that's, that's where the, the issues are, especially when people get hurt. And we've seen that throughout this entire year, unfortunately. Jeffrey, and I do wish it would, we would start a stop. And we definitely need to see some leadership and some policies for people who aren't willing to stop on their own. Well, right. I mean, Jeffrey, one of the things I guess we're looking for the president to do and for his support is, is to say this is not the kind of behavior we want to see in the United States. Am I right or wrong about that? Well, yeah, Joyce, but I, I'm just for the record, I want to point out that all summer long Antifa and Black Lives Matter people were engaging in violence and there wasn't a single Democrat that spoke up and opposed it, uh, including Joe Biden. Um, you know, that, that, but, but I hear what yeah, you're saying, so, but what we're talking about, let's just say this. Anybody, Antifa or anybody that engages in violence and that engages in intimidation, and that desecrates property is wrong. And so what I'm focused on right now yes. is what happened this weekend, and I agree with you, anything that happened before is also wrong. But will we denounce these people and say they should not be a part of our electoral system? Sure, denounced. Good, that's good. That, that's exactly, unfortunately, though, I, I, did, did, did the president invite he, them? He to did it in one of the debates, you know, and this is what was so frustrating to me. You know, they, they said, uh, why don't you denounce this? He says, okay, denounce. And then yeah, they say, well, why won't you do it? Did he invite <laughs> he them did. into the White House? Did he invite the leader of the group or one of the people into the White House with him over the weekend? To just, I mean, that's what was out there, that he actually has not said anything of late about this, about what happened the weekend, and that he actually met with them as a, as a pat on the back. I mean, Regette, are you concerned about those kinds of reports? I, uh, I honestly did not hear that report. Um, but I do think that when you're a, a leader of such a large, diverse group of individuals, you do have to be mindful who you invite and in who you meet because you represent that whole country. Um, I saw an interview with former uh, President Bush that said that the reason why he doesn't get involved with campaigns is because he was president. And as president, he's president of everyone, not just president of the Republican Party which is why he no longer gets involved with campaigns, which I actually respect that. I see his point uh, because you don't become president and then become a partisan uh, leader again. Um, so I think all of our presidents need to keep that in mind, uh, whether they're former or current or future, because you still represent everyone. So if that is true, that would be very disappointing. But I, I can honestly say I didn't hear that report. All right. Jeffrey, do you know if the president has come out and actually denounced these folks over the weekend? That behavior is what I'm talking about over the weekend. Well, he's denounced it plenty of times. So I don't know about this weekend, but he's denounced it. OK. All right. Well, uh, we'll be looking for that, because honestly, I think that's something that we have to all pull together. And I, I guess you agree that going forward, there should be no violence. Going forward, there can be all the all the debate in courts or whatever that that the law allows. But we as Americans have to not not really pull our democracy down as we try to resolve this problem. Is, am I right about that or is that wrong, Jeffrey? No, that, that, that's right. I mean, the thing that concerns me here is that when the shoe was on the other foot, it never seems to happen. And, you know, all of these statues that were pulled down and all this kind of thing. Where was Joe Biden? I, I mean, no, I never I, heard. I, I never I, heard a peep from. I've heard Democrats. I pay attention to this, and I get letters to the editor, and I get op as There's definitely been denouncing of anything like that. You but, know, there was. Good I didn't hear anything from. I didn't hear anything from President Obama when uh, Occupy Wall Street was doing all sorts of violent things. I didn't. Well, hear I don't anything. have those files in front of me, but what I'm saying is that good people on both sides generally step up and denounce violence. Yeah, and, and the, the president has denounced violence and racism and yada, yada, yada. Right. Well, what we need, too, is our elected officials can't play to the extreme of either base, too. And sometimes we do see that on, on either side as well. So, so we can't always play to the extreme of, of, either, of either side, of the extremes of the two different opposite sides. Because most people, I would agree, are in the middle and they don't want to see 
uh, just like during the summer, we saw the looting and destroying of small businesses. But now so many people are fighting for small businesses to survive. Um, so, you know, it's things like that we need to speak up against. Well, you know, let's just move to Megan has, has said that Trump is smart. He doesn't need to be our president. So that is good because it looks like he won't be. Uh, during that. So I'm really glad that that's the case because and she's right. He doesn't need to be. Uh, he has a thriving business from what we understand. There's a lot that will keep him busy. But let's now move on to the good news. The good news, right? We've got a vaccine that's being distributed. <laughs> Thank you, Santa. We have a vaccine, and, and apparently it's being distributed in Pennsylvania. Uh, Jeffrey, you want to take a pat on the back with that from the president? Well, he certainly does believe it. And, you know, and I have to say, watching conservative media as I do, it is amusing. They put together these montages of all these people, health experts and others, staying at the beginning of the year, well, there's no way you can have a virus by the end of the year. That's unrealistic and it's fantasy, et cetera. Well, here we are, the end of the year, and just as the president promised, uh, here's the vaccine, which I actually call the Trump shot, uh, and he deserves the full credit for it. Well, to be, to be honest, I was looking for this at Easter last year, because that's what he said. <laughs> that would be, we'd be over this by Easter. So it's, look, the true credit goes to our medical professionals. Yes. And who have who have really knocked themselves out to our scientists, to our research, and, of course, to our frontline workers, the doctors and nurses who are really, you know, are saving lives and are helping people to die, unfortunately, as well. I, hope they, I hope they are the ones who get it first. They are. They are. Exactly. And then, and then move from there to the nursing homes. But I will tell you, uh, Rochette, and I, I, I think this is true in the African-American community, there's still a lot of skepticism. Uh, there's oh, there still is. Trust. There is. And I have, to, I have to agree with Jeffrey on one point that, you know, President Trump does deserve some credit, which is why I don't know, instead of these fruitless lawsuits, he's not focused on this. Because he is right. If he, he's a risk taker. And most people said including a lot of the experts that would take four to five years to get a vaccine. And when you listen to liberal versus conservative media, you do kind of get two different uh, reports on this, but he did push through it. And, you know, we're all hopeful this will, this work. Um, but there is a lot of skepticism, not just racially, um, but there are certain groups because it was pushed within a, what, six, seven month period Um that didn't get the, the testing that they needed. Um, certain, I saw in a magazine, people who have MS with certain spinal cord, cord injuries or whatnot wasn't a huge test group. We know they didn't do a test on pregnant women. So there are still groups that we're unsure of how this vaccine will work. And we need that 80% to get that herd um, immunity. Um, but the fact is we do have vaccines out. People need two doses and people seem willing to take it, at least at this point. Tell me a so, you know, it is a nice Christmas, uh, a, a great Christmas present uh, for sure. Kelly's saying without Trump, we wouldn't have a vaccine this soon. Well, Kelly, I hear what you're saying, but I will also say that, remember, the vaccine actually started being uh, distributed in England and Great Britain last week or, or before us. So the whole world has been looking at this and has been trying to rush it. Although I'm one of those people that, really have been upset about the politics involved in this and about the fact that, I mean, politicians really should stay out of it, uh, should not make it look like it's being rushed for some political motive or whatever, because that just makes many of us skeptical, especially, I think, people who, uh, you know, if you believe in science and you believe there's a method and a way to do things to make sure it's safe, and when that's skirted or shortcutted in any way, you start wondering, well, is this really safe or is this somebody's effort to make themselves look good? But that, but but that, that was but where some of the problems were. I'm sorry, Jeffrey, but real quick, because remember, all the scientists don't agree. And we did see back then that there were some of the scientists that said, yes, we can get it done by the end of the year. But we had others, including some of the more known ones that said, no, we need at least two to three years to do this. So that's where our politicians, our elected officials come in to make that leadership decision to go with the risk or not to. There is a place for government. While they're not the ones, of course, creating the vaccine, they are the ones that have to get it approved and most importantly, make the decision to distribute it. It's, so I you guess, can't forget the role just, of government in this. Just, 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 politi just politically speaking, 
no president, this one or any other one, would say, take the vaccine if, in fact, what would then result is people die because they took the vaccine. Right. I mean, that would I mean, that would just be unbelievably dumb. And right. No but what but we know sometimes people don't have the right judgment and they think what they're doing may be right. But they may be wrong because they're misguided, because they have bias or they have something that's motivating them to take. Well, he listened to the scientists. That's what he did. He listened to some. He listened to some. And and you're right. There's been there and everything that's disagreement. But I generally go with those who are more conservative, who are more careful, because I don't want to take chances with my health. And so if I get a doctor, I want the one who's going to be as strict as possible to making sure I'm safe. Not taking the most risk, well, but Joyce, hey, you, I'm not talking down the vaccine. I'm really not. Go and take it, and let me see what happens. <laughs> Joyce, you will be very pleased to know yep. that, that yesterday I had my COVID test. And how are you? I hope you're okay. I, I've got to wait four to six days. They said. Okay. But I feel yeah, but you're feeling fine. good. You don't have any issues. You're no, good. no. Right. Well, and I'm hearing there's going to be a take-home test soon that yes, people can buy I, over I, the I counter. Yeah. That would that would be a game changer, don't you think? The COVID test, the vaccine would be a game changer because people would have. Let's talk now about what we're looking at going into Christmas and and the greater restrictions that 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 we're facing now. If we can get these two things in sync, first of all, three things in sync. If we can get the vaccine that we trust and it's clear that it's working. If we can get the quicker testing at home that we know when we walk out, we don't have the virus. And if we still practice safety, you know, wearing the mask if we really need to or not sure who we're around, safe distances. I mean, that would allow us some comfort of going back into restaurants, right? Going back into regular life, right, Jeffrey? Yeah. You know, the thing that gets me about the restaurant closings is, I think I'm correct on this, the the degree of spread or whatever, uh, I I believe it was 1.48%. The degree of spread, if you are in a, a gathering at somebody's home is much higher than that. Yes, that's correct. It, you know, so why are they doing this with uh, restaurants? Uh, restaurants should be, they should be able to have their outdoor dining at a minimum uh, and, and maybe a 25% or 50% seating inside because they're not the problem. It's, it's the gatherings, you know, of family, friends, whatever, in somebody's home, that's where the problem is. And that's why the vaccine and the, the home test isn't gonna make a difference. Because, um, and I was happy to see uh, Senate uh, Senator um, McConnell say that he will not leave for the holidays until they come up with some type of uh, stimulus bill to address people. Again, you can't restrict people and force them to lose, in some cases, their businesses and not give them the resources right. they need to keep them afloat. And that's what our government has been doing. So, so, and again, and this is again with our government, they have to look at it from both sides. There's a public health aspect, which because there's so much focus on, there's been a lot of progress on, but we still have the economic. I mean, people are getting laid off right before Christmas in the new year. I know that an elected official isn't looking at that, but that average person is, and trust me, they will be voting in a year or two. Not only, not only that, Rochette, I'm hearing uh, again that our food banks are getting low. I mean, there was one lady I spoke to yes. yesterday who said she went to a food bank, I think in Harrisburg. There was no food. They sent her elsewhere, and she was meeting people who said, don't go there. They don't have any either. We're, we and really- the weather is getting cold. Let's not forget that the provisions that people can't be thrown out their homes ends at the end of this year. So there's a lot that, again, there's a role for our government um, that we need to focus on um, that needs to be extended to keep people afloat. Um, well, well, we, we got some issues. Let's talk now about the stimulus. I mean, Kelly is saying she agrees with Rajette. We need a stimulus for these businesses. I think we need a stimulus for Americans uh, in addition to the businesses, actually, Kelly. Well, Joyce, I, I, I just I have been convinced of this from the start. Uh, members of Congress are not. I mean, this is Christmas. I, I assure you, politically speaking, they are not going to go home without having done something on this. I mean, I think that is a bipartisan situation. They are, after all, political animals. 
and they don't want to, Republican or Democrat, they don't want to face their constituents and have left this hanging before Christmas. I don't think it'll happen. So let's remind our people, what what's the no-brainer here? Why hasn't it been done? I mean, if I'm a congressperson, I know people are suffering. Do what I have to do to get them some money, right? Yeah, well, actually, actually, Joyce, Nancy Pelosi answered that question. She did not want to sign on to give Donald Trump credit before the election. So she I'm talking about now. I'm talking about even after the elections. Why is there no movement now? Right now. Oh, well, now you're getting into the back and forth, the typical horse trading. Well, that's what I want to explain but, to our, our, our readers, our listeners, our viewers. Rajat, what's the holdup? We're now, there should be no politics in this anymore, right? Oh, but there is politics. That's Go ahead, explain it to you. We had the politics beforehand, and now the politics is the priorities of where the money should go. You know, Democrats want more money into local state governments, and uh, Republicans want to ensure um, liability for businesses. Uh, Because if you can't track, if someone gets COVID and you can't track it to a restaurant, they don't believe that individual should be able to sue that small business for that. And Democrats don't want to... uh, there's some concerns about that. That seems to be the Democrats the want to bow to the trial lawyers. But but I did see you know, that um, the Repu- some Republicans, at least, are willing to leave both issues out of the bill so we can at least get money, um, another stimulus check to uh, voters, uh, not voters, to Americans. And then the second part would be uh, getting more CARES Act money to businesses. And then that they leave the, those other two issues I mentioned for next year. So we have to see if both sides would agree with that. Jeffrey, come on you, because I want to talk now about this issue that you raised about liability. But go ahead. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, Kelly Joy is saying Nancy Pelosi is the problem. And Kellyanne is saying, bingo! Well, I just, I just think that now that the election is over, this mm-hmm. will get solved. I mean, the combination of the election being over and Christmas being at hand in another week or so, I mean, these are politicians. They, they just they want to be able to go home and say, I did X for you. And that's true. And if they don't do it, they will pay a political price for it. Uh, as Rosette says, you know, two years down the road, members of Congress will be held responsible for this without question. Right. But in the meantime, how many thousands or millions of people go hungry over Christmas? Cannot, or as as Rajan, I mean, we're getting ready to release a big study on the threat of homelessness in our area. How, you know, right at this time when the, we still have a pandemic raging. I know we've spent a lot of time talking about vaccines, but there's people are still getting sick out there and people are still dying. In fact, what? The state has now passed 500,000 infections since the pandemic began. We are still facing a pretty bleak Christmas. Am I right? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this isn't good. Or there's no question about right. it. Is it better than it was in the initial stages? Yes. Is it over? No. I don't think it's better, except that, I, I, where I agree with you, I don't know that necessarily from the numbers it's not better, but it has the potential to get better with the vaccine. That's, that's well, the- but we can't forget the number of people. Over 3 million Pennsylvanians have tested negative. Um, I have family members of my own uh, because, as we know, the hospitals are getting more full now. So to go in even for a small procedure, they want to get a COVID test. So I have family members who had to get a COVID test, just have a procedure taken, and, you know, they came out negative. We can't forget the number of people who are negative, and we can't forget the number of people, too, who recover from it. Sure, and I'm not putting sure, down the I people who got, yeah, who got infected and just because 6 million don't die, if 3 million do die, that's still horrible. You, no, you, it is horrible. I'm not saying that. Of course it's horrible. It's just like someone who has cancer. I've had family members who passed away from cancer. I, have other, I know other people who the therapy worked, and they're now cancer-free for years and years and years. It's always sad, obviously, when someone passes away. I'm not going to put that down. But I just think that we need to talk about not just the deaths, but also talk about the long-term effects. And I've, I've said this throughout and the month of the virus. virus. And I, I don't think we're educating our public enough about other things that can happen with this, with the uh, coronavirus, especially when you see elected officials who are getting the coronavirus who don't even hardly have a cough. So there are people who think, well, so-and-so is not sick. I mean, we look at President Trump. 
He's over the age of 65. He has pre-existing uh, conditions. He's overweight. And I think he had a cough a couple of times. And we saw no, other electric patients that no, as well. He went to the hospital. <laughs> he for, went for three, three because he was days. If you listen but to he was uh, for three days. No, for he was three sick. days. Though. I think he was pretty but, Otherwise, they wouldn't have But he was in the hospital for three days, though. The point I'm making is, and I mean, I understand if you don't agree with me, but I think I'm making a valid point. When you see elected officials who are getting this virus, who aren't getting the symptoms and some of the, the issues that we hear in the news that everyday people are getting. And then when you see other elected officials who are going to the restaurants they're telling you not to go to and going to their families' houses that they're telling you not to go to and they're not getting sick or whatnot, it does affect the psyche. And I understand if you don't agree with me on that, but I think it's it's a I fair point. You're making to point it that Kellyanne is making. It's a virus. Survivability is now over 99%. Um, I, again, I'm not sure that's the case, Kelly. I think we need to give it. What I am saying is the virus has killed thousands and thousands of people, 500,000 infections, long-term effects from this. I'm not going to brush that off and say just because you survived, it's no big deal. Well, no, Joyce, but one I thing- think it's a horrible thing, and I think the scientists will and the doctors back that up. So again, I don't have any problem with those who survive. It's great, glad. Young people, go for it. But this is dangerous, and thousands have died. Go ahead, Jeffrey. Well, all I, I just want to say, the projections in the beginning. Yeah, the 2.2 million Americans were going to die. I mean, I'm going back. Yeah, and- I, you bring that up, but those are projections. People are modern scientists have. Well, to but this was coming. You got to know your science so that they come up with these things. Well, this was coming. It's only to try to warn people. It's not necessarily. But come on, let's not be disingenuous. The no, fact it's not is, thousands have died. In fact, many times they think thousands have died who didn't need to. Um, I just wanted to make the point that we need to concentrate on both. And that's why we elect elected officials to on concentrate and, the vote? and to focus on everyone. We need to focus on, obviously, those who are sick uh, and those who pass away. We can't ignore that, of course. But we also need to focus on the living because we are in winter. We have these snowstorms coming. People are in danger of losing their homes. People don't have food to feed themselves or their families. And as we all know, a lot of people every year die from uh, weather-related conditions because they don't have homes. And people also die from malnutrition. So we need to focus on the living as well as those who get the virus and who pass away. And that's why we elect elected officials, because they have to make the hard choices and focus on all their constituents, not just one group. Well, I have to agree with you that, and I think, Jeffrey, you agree that we're worried about the winter. We're worried about um, who's out there, the lack of food that we're seeing, the, the, the possibility that people could be thrown out of their homes and, unless something has happened. The fact that people are, are still losing jobs. And look, I'm still getting complaints about not getting these checks in from, the, from unemployment that they should be getting. So I'm not arguing with anybody about making sure that people survive this virus. All I'm saying is, let's not forget how much suffering this has caused us. It has caused not- Well, I don't think anybody's gonna forget that. No, no one's gonna forget that. And let's not forget or downplay that this is deadly, that this has killed people who perhaps they are saying should not have died. Or I just think it's unfortunate that people pick the side. You shouldn't have to choose between your health and your economic well-being, which affects your health. Well, and that's the, only reason you have to, the only reason you have to choose that is because our government leaders don't seem to want to put the money behind helping people. I Look, for me, I think if we close this thing down lock, lock, um, uh, with much more vigor early on, we wouldn't be where we are today. If people had, look, if people had had the self-discipline and the uh, wisdom to simply do what needed to be done for a limited amount of time, I think it would have prevented a lot of what we're facing now. But when you eke it out little by little and people are battling and they don't want to do it and not, some people don't wear masks, it just exacerbates the problem. Jeffrey, you, you're old enough to understand self-sacrifice, right? Sure, sure. But Joyce, I mean, I, I just think when you, the last time we had a major pandemic like this was before any of us were born. Um, the, the, you, not, you mean you weren't there? Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> My my late dad was born in 1917, and one of the things uh, I I have learned is that what one his 
see, my father's grandfather died in the Spanish flu yeah. epidemic in 1918. Uh, and so needless to say, I'm not uh, keen on making this a family tradition. <laughs> right. Um, but but the, the point is, is that when something like this strikes, it's not like everybody says, oh, this is what we need to do. And everybody agrees and everybody gets it. No, everybody is sort of struck dumb by the whole thing and trying to figure it out. Now yeah. we're at a point where that has kicked in and people get it. Yeah. Remember, we were shut down for like three months. What was it? March to March, April, May, or maybe April to June. We were shut down for two to three months. Unfortunately, we were still learning about it. And, uh, and the science wasn't all so a lot. Of, a lot of our elected officials, unfortunately, lost their political, their political will, number one, and their uh, credibility. Uh, especially when we saw them going into salons and doing things that they told everyone else not to do. Um, All right. But I just, I just definitely want to stress, we need to focus on on both because both affect people's lives. Well, Cole is agreeing with you. He says we do need to concentrate on both public health, but making sure that we provide relief for people if we're going to do these shutdowns. Now, I don't have any disagreement with that. We have to do both. I am just, Still worried about people dying. That's all. So anyway, bottom line is we do have the vaccine coming. Um, and look, and 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 here's the 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 other issue that I think Paul and other people are making. Six thousand six hundred thousand people die every day in the US from heart disease. Again, I don't know if these figures are right. People throw them out. We gotta give your sources when you do that. Uh because uh, I'm I'm one who's skeptical of people throwing out numbers. But there are other things that are killing people. We get that. We know that. Uh, and but but you still can't dismiss that this has killed people so suddenly. And uh, and it was so it's so easily spread among people. And uh, and and they learned they didn't know everything about it. You know. So anyway, the the bottom line is we are still facing difficult times, but we at least have a vaccine. And let's just leave it with this: Are both of you going to step in line as soon as you can to get the vaccine? Jeffrey? I, I I am more than happy to wait for others that are more vulnerable than I to go first. But not because you're afraid of it or doubt it. You're, no. You have full confidence, right? Yeah. Okay, Regette? I'm the same, but again, I'm not in a risk group, so I think they, I probably won't be eligible to what, next May? But, but you, I, you know, I would have no issues with it whatsoever. No so, Joyce, so Joyce, uh, Rosette and I are happy to seed you first place and you get it first. Guess what? I'm the one that's skeptical. <laughs> no, no, I'm just going to wait and see. I guess it's because I, I know what's happened to black people in the past with these things. And I'm not sure how many black people have been in this study group. I'm not sure if I, I'm just not sure that rushing it has, has, has checked all the boxes. And I'm happy to be told I'm completely wrong because that will be great news for Christmas for everybody. But I'm just one of those people. I guess it's the age that says, let me see, because I don't trust you. Okay? I find it interesting that you don't trust the vaccine, but you trust the mask. I trust the mask because I guess it's, I don't trust the mask 100%, but it's just something I can do. It's not going to kill me to wear a mask. I'm worried that they didn't check out everything, perhaps. And maybe well, that's if the mask is not effective, it, it could kill you. Well, yeah, if I have too much confidence in it, that's true. But I stay home. I stay away from people. I don't go to parties. I, you know, and when I'm out around that, I think I'll be around other people. I wear a mask, and which is rare because I just I'm locked down, and that's well, how be, I respond. It. It'll be interesting to see how the new Biden administration um, continues administering this. Yeah, and yeah. I know we won't have time to talk about it uh, today, but you know, there's a lot of. Uh, investigations uh, going on with possible uh, issues uh, with obviously the current, uh, the new president's son, Hunter Biden. And then we have the uh, Chinese spy situation with um, Congressman um, Sawwell uh, from uh, California, whether or not he was involved with that. So I'm curious to see how the new administration handles some of these scandals that are affecting not only Republicans, but only uh, but also uh, Democrats as well. So hopefully that's a topic we can get into uh, next time because we well, have to as we look forward as we look forward to the new administration. We're going to we need to analyze who he's appointed, 
what they're up to, what the changes are likely to be. In fact, I'm going to be talking to a person from the State Department with, uh, soon to just what are the changes they expect in U.S. foreign policy, which there will be a lot of them. But with that, I want to leave it with Simone says that she feels like the facts, she, does, she feels like the vaccine is rushed. We don't know the long-term side effects. That's true. I respect everyone's decision to vaccinate or not. I agree with that, Simone. We respect everybody's decision. Uh, I, I, and yet I'm not to the point where Paul is saying, take the vaccine and shove it. I think that's the wrong attitude, Paul. I wouldn't do that. I compliment those who, and, and I do get what Jeffrey and Rajette have said, the president, because of his risk-taking nature, has pushed this thing because, let's face it, we were in a crisis. You need risk takers in a crisis. You need people pushing the limits when, when things. So with that, I have no issue. But it still would cause and cause many people because of the history of this country, especially with minorities in medicine. I have oh, read- And I love the fact that the three former presidents, um, President Obama, Clinton, yeah. and Bush, are, <clears throat> are publicly going to be taking the vaccine um, for people to see that it's okay for them to see that it's okay to take it you know, how it's administered and whatnot. And then we can follow them through because with the exception of President Obama, they're all obviously over the age of 65 and would be in that. So I, that's a nice bipartisanship nature. It is. That it is. And I appreciate the fact that the Surgeon General of the United States is an African-American. So uh, I suspect true. he is not going to be recommending something that's harmful to the uh, African-American community. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> whatever. Gotcha. With that, with that, I will say, look, put your hat back on first, Jeffrey. We want to see where- my mouth out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Thank you, Jeffrey. You've cheered us up. We really appreciate it. And hey, guys, we are headed into the holiday season. Wear your Christmas mask. Wear your hat to stay warm and be like our dear friend Jeffrey Lord. So with that, I want to say goodbye to everyone. And listen, thank you once again. Thank you to our readers, the ones here who are capable of really decent civil conversation. To those of you who aren't, you really should not just, if you don't like it, don't participate. But we don't need the vulgarities. And I thank Jeffrey. I thank Rochette. And I wish you a Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.